find yourself in a world that no longer makes sense. When you realize that a man like Epstein didn't Epstein himself. When the police are defunded, but Pakistan gets a gender studies grant. You may be in the Collapse Experiment. Welcome back to another episode of the Collapse Experiment podcast where I discuss the current state of the collapse that we are experiencing. If my wife didn't drink the last beer last night that we had in the house, I'd be cracking that open right now and celebrating because the Georgia Guidestones are gone. They are completely gone Uh, There was an explosion the other night at 4 o'clock in the morning. One of the four main pillars was destroyed, and then the local government came in and tore the rest down because of uh, safety concerns. Uh, It did look like the middle pillar, the the fifth pillar that helped uh, keep the, the top dome section attached it looks like that had a massive crack in it and who knows what the other ones look like it's not like they let anybody up close to it except for the person with the explosives uh it is interesting to see the fbi released surveillance footage they had cameras on the georgia guidestones because of some uh vandalism that was happening wow it's almost like uh you know protecting that Black Lives Matter mural in uh, New York City. (laughs) Plenty of uh, police protection for that, but not for you. The Georgia Guidestones, surveillance cameras, spotlights, and yet your children cannot get an armed guard in the school. It goes to show where our priorities are in uh, our current society. So there's a lot going on besides the bombing of the Georgia Guidestones. Uh, If you look at the the surveillance footage, the stuff that was released by the FBI, it shows a car leaving, it shows the moment of the explosion, but for some reason they decided to skip the uh, the part where the people involved are actually setting up the explosives and uh, <laughs> detonating them. Um, it, it, it is interesting that, you know, they're saying that they're looking for these people, but yet they don't show the people involved. Uh... Gee, I, I wonder why that is. Could could this be some type of, uh, oh, what's that Alex Jones term? False flag? Uh, could it be one of those? Are they trying to instigate something, some kind of reaction? Who knows? But the guide zones are gone. And uh, hopefully along with that, the, the message, the, the one where, you know, the population of the planet should not exceed 500 million. And uh, we're currently at, 8 billion. Now, what does that tell you? Now, granted, these things were, uh, they were put up in 1980. It was the Cold War. Uh, but looking, looking back on it, was this uh, really for uh, humanity's guidance after a nuclear war? Or was it more of an agenda that has been put in place since, uh, <laughs> who knows when? Uh, when did all this start? Uh, I'm finding certain books that were written back in the 70s that really coincide with Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, uh, the, the whole Green New Deal. 
Uh, this seems to be an idea that's been going on for a long time, and uh, there's a lot of interesting things to say about some of these ideas. The idea that you can have a functioning society uh, with, with modern technology, and it sounds like this is what they're aiming for, with only 500 million people. Now, it took 8 billion people on the planet to create the solar panels and the, the wind farms, the supercomputers that you're holding in your hand listening to this podcast with. It took an economy and a world population of 8 billion in order to make these things happen. You're not going to have a society with 500 million people where there's the, the small fraction that can build technology like this, the others that can manufacture it. Who's going to, who's going to do the farming? Are they seriously going to start factories where they just breed and eat bugs? Is that really a thing? I, I still, I'm really hoping that this is just a joke on their part. So I'm hearing a lot of interesting comments when it comes to the, the bombing of the Guidestones. Um, one, a lot of people are, are stating that it's very obvious that this is not a BLM Antifa uh, style event. Uh, they tend to be on camera being very vocal. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. Don't care if it makes any sense or not. This statue's coming down. Uh, that's what we saw two years ago, and that's what we continue to see. Uh, hell, they even tore down Winston Churchill in in England. You know, the, the guy who prevented these people from speaking German. Uh, <laughs> I think he did more good than he did harm, but uh, yeah, these, these people, they don't seem to be interested in reading any history books. They just have one person with agenda an agenda telling them something, and then they uh, go out and they they throw a hissy fit and start tearing stuff down. So this is definitely not a left-wing event. This seems to be somebody who is anti-globalist, uh, anti-depopulation, uh, <clears throat> shall I say pro-human, uh, maybe pro-food. Uh, that seems to be uh, a war that is going on right now. And uh, let's face it, uh, regardless of whether you've thought of it before or anybody else has told you previously, uh, it, it would appear that we are in a war, and I'm not talking about Ukraine. I'm talking about the majority of the population of the planet and um, certain government and non-government officials who, quite frankly, just don't want you here anymore. I don't know. They don't know you. They just don't seem to like you. Or me, for that matter. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've got some serious issues with that. I've, uh, I've experienced some of this beforehand uh, as a, a straight white man living in the ghetto in a city that was, uh, oh, how shall I say, oh, woke. Um... <laughs> I, I wasn't exactly a desired neighbor to a lot of people, uh, a desired co-worker. Um, I was not welcome. And uh, so I, I understand the feeling that people might have when they get the news of, uh, yeah, you know, there's 8 billion people on the planet. We'd really like to bring it down to 500 million. 
and um, <clears throat> there, there needs to be some cuts, some losses, and uh, when you're looking at the list of the people who they want to keep around, um, there's a very good chance it's not you. So um, take a look at Denmark. Currently, Denmark, uh, there's major protests going on with the farmers. Uh, the farmers took their tractors, they shut down the highways in and out of the country, they shut down the uh, food processing centers, because uh, in their mind, and I think they have a very valid point here, they want the public and the government to see what life would be like if um, <clears throat> there wasn't anybody growing any food. Uh, it's not a pretty situation. It's a, um, it, it, this appears to be a controlled starvation agenda where... Um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but China's buying a bunch of food. Uh, a lot of other countries are no longer exporting. India decided that instead of making up the losses of Ukraine and Russia exporting wheat, <laughs> they came back a few months later and said, uh, yeah, we don't even have enough for ourselves, so nothing's leaving the country. And that's where things have stayed. Uh a lot of countries, there's a long list of countries that are no longer exporting food, and uh, I don't blame them. But the situation in Denmark isn't just uh, a green movement, a carbon agenda uh, policy. This is something else. This is something that we haven't seen before because, uh, quite frankly, uh, if you look at what the the government of Denmark is saying, um, they just made it up. There's this policy they're trying to reduce, and I know you're going to think that I'm going to say carbon, like they're trying to reduce carbon. No, uh, they're trying to reduce a, a farmer's uh, nitrogen usage. Has anybody heard this? Nitrogen. All of a sudden, nitrogen is an issue, and it's only come up in Denmark, but it appears to be this, this new thing that they're, they're trying. Uh, they're attempting to roll this out as if we're stupid and we don't understand simple science. Uh, now, going back to my third grade education, 78% uh, of the air surrounding you, the air that we breathe in and out, is nitrogen. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's a shortage of, of this gas, right? Also, if you look outside and you see anything that's green, leaves, the trees, the grass, there's a long list of things that are, that are green. If you're a gardener, you know how to get more nitrogen in your soil. You add green stuff to your compost. Uh, for, for some reason, uh, nitrogen is an issue. They're acting like there's a, we're, we're using too much nitrogen. Um, th this really, oh my God, this hurts my head. This is horribly stupid. Um, really what it comes down to is the farmers just need to take their, their tractors and their pitchforks and, they just need to roll into the government building, remove these people, and set up a new government in Denmark because when you implement a policy like this, it shows how inept, how stupid, 
And the fact that you're basically trying to kill the population of your country, uh, you are an enemy of the people, and you deserve to just be gone. Actually, you know what? Pick one of those islands off of Denmark, just ship them over there and say, good luck, uh, you, you want to <laughs> you wanna save the planet, do it from here. Uh, because if, if you want to reduce carbon... One good way to do that is to, uh, I don't know, um, produce more food, grow more plants that suck that that ingredient out of the air. I mean, plants do like carbon. Um, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. Uh, there's a cycle here. The, the plants... The leaves, the green, is built from nitrogen that's pulled from the soil. Through that nitrogen usage, they pull carbon out of the air, which puts it back into the soil. Uh, it's almost like they don't want to solve the, the alleged carbon crisis. Uh, hey, you know, if, if you believe in global warming, that's cool. Uh, send your comments to thecollapseexperiment at gmail.com. Uh, leave a comment uh, on the website, thecollapseexperiment.com. I'd like to hear from you. And um, anyways, uh, if they really believed in this whole carbon emissions, uh, carbon reduction, not zero, they would not be pushing for uh, a reduction in the use of nitrogen. That's counterproductive. It doesn't make any sense. The whole nitrogen uh, crisis doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's completely fabricated, it's completely made up, at least with the whole carbon thing. At least they have like some numbers, some studies, some stuff that you could go, mm, I kind of hear what you're saying, but you're really willing to kill X amount of people in order to have this happen. It's like Greta Thunberg, like, we don't want to wait until 2030, we don't want to wait until 2050, we want... We want carbon emissions dropped now. It's like, wow, okay, chick, uh, you just killed everybody who has, uh, you know, relies on insulin. Um, anybody who's on a breathing tube for some reason. Uh, you just slaughtered, like, what, 250 million people by saying we're shutting the power off now? That's, that's what you're looking at. That's what you want to do. You're just like, yes, I'm willing to sacrifice all these people. I don't really care that uh, th this is more important. And why is it when it comes to the whole global, I'm, I'm sticking with global warming. I, you know, it was George W. Bush who changed it to climate change. Uh, I'd like to point that out. And it used to be that the, the, the left uh, didn't like, George W. Bush. So why are they still pushing this whole climate change thing that he started? Can can anybody explain? Why do they like Bush now? How, when did this happen? Like all of a sudden Bush is a good guy. And they're like, hey, you know, yeah, well, we believe in torture. We believe in uh, invading other countries for no reason. Like that was all good stuff, man. Like we weren't against that. <laughs> <laughs> they just changed their policies like whatever suits them uh, it, it's always that's the good thing um, so yeah the, the whole 
the whole notion that, uh, oh man, so it's global warming, I'm sticking to it, I'm bringing it back, um, I'm taking it back, I'm taking back global warming, I'm bringing it back here, that's what we're going to be talking about when it comes to this carbon thing. Uh, isn't that what they're, the, the whole time I was growing up, that's all they ever talked about was the greenhouse effect. The world's going to warm to a point where we can't grow anything. And then there was this, this time period where they were saying that, oh no, we're coming to another ice age. So which is it? I mean, if we're coming to another ice age and it has to do with like where the earth is rotating around the sun, it happens every so many thousands of years, uh, we're going to be covered in mile high glaciers if we don't prevent this, wouldn't we want global warming isn't that what we'd be uh, looking for? <laughs> we're like, we need to warm this puppy up. Otherwise, uh, we're all going to die. At least when it comes to warm weather, we can still grow stuff. Try growing stuff during an ice age. Do you know how Neanderthals and, and Homo erectus survived the ice age? They, they ate each other. That, that was survival. That, that was how things went down. That was how we got out of it. And all of a sudden stuff started growing again. And they're like, hey, uh, we can we can start being civilized again. Don't worry. When you start growing those strawberries, we'll just raid you, rape and pillage. And it'll be cool. But it'll be a lot better than us eating you. <laughs> so, oh, man. Uh, so all I'm saying is if global warming really was a thing then uh, this whole nitrogen agenda would not be getting pushed in the public. And it appears that this whole policy in Denmark is really just a way of stealing the property of farmers. Uh, that's, that's part of what's going on. And of course, this, this law, everything is supposed to kick in fully by 2030. They want a reduction in the amount of cattle that these farmers had. They want a reduction in the amount of uh, <laughs> nitrogen that they use, which doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, they're going to steal the property of these farmers who supply food, not only to Denmark itself and its population, but to other countries around the world. So uh, the farmers are fighting back. They're protesting. They're, they're peacefully protesting. But somehow, for, for some reason, the cops decided the other day that they're going to pull out their service pieces and shoot at the farmers. Uh, apparently there was young kids and uh, children in the area. They were shooting at a, a man in a tractor who was <clears throat> driving away. Oh no, that, that sounds like a real threat. Man in a tractor. Uh, fleeing the scene, what is he going to do? Uh, so they shot at him in a into a crowded intersection. Thankfully, nobody else was hit, but the response from the farmers was, was priceless. Uh, the very next day, a World War II era tank was, was rolled into the protest on the farmer side, I might point out. And uh, apparently this was a... Uh, a message to the police of like, um, <clears throat> don't mess with us because we, we now have tanks. <laughs> and this is why, this is why we have a second amendment. 
this is uh, this is what's going on here. And uh, I feel like, uh, bear with me here, I feel like this is the policy that's being enacted in Denmark. The, the theft of the property of farmers, the theft of the property of uh, people in general for the sake of a, a made-up crisis um, has been tried before. If you remember the Bundy Ranch situation where... Uh, Cliven Bundy, um, for years, for I think it was for over a hundred years, this ranch was, uh, they, they had an agreement with the federal government that they could graze their cattle on federal land. Now, aside from, I believe, McDonald's and the Catholic Church, the federal government owns more land in the United States than anybody else. So, um... When it comes to the, the use of land in the United States, especially if you're a rancher and you need several acres in order to keep a population of cattle alive, and the federal government's not willing to sell it, they would lease that land, which they did. And for a certain period of time, the, there was an agreement going back and forth with the Bundys and the federal government that the government was finally after all these years of collecting all these fees and, and and money from the Bundys oh we'll just you know sell this portion to you and then all of a sudden we have a new president <coughs> Obama uh, that deal falls through uh, the government decides that they're no longer going to sell the property they don't bother to inform the Bundys of this who are still using the property uh, the government then comes back and says you owe us X amount of dollars I think it was in the millions of past fees and penalties and all this other crap for using land and let's keep in mind uh, the fact that the cattle are grazing on the land also makes the land more viable it makes sure that the habitat for certain vegetation is maintained. Um, it's healthier for the soil, for the land itself. And uh, so the Bundys are really doing the federal government a favor, right? They're making sure that this land stays usable, that it doesn't just die off. And uh, in return, the government comes back and says, you owe us a bunch of money. They start wrangling, uh, stealing the Bundy cattle, and uh, all hell broke loose. So we've kind of seen this before. Granted, it's a different situation, but I could see in the next couple years, maybe two or three years, the federal government trying to implement policies such as there's a nitrogen crisis. Really? Dude, we're, we're surrounded by nitrogen. Could, could you be more specific? Like, I still, I've, I've tried looking this up online. I've tried finding, like, what exactly is this crisis that the government of Denmark is talking about. I haven't really found any explanations. Uh, they just keep saying that uh, we need to reduce the use of nitrogen. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. If anybody can explain this, please uh, shoot me an email. That'd be cool, because... Um, this, this is just, uh, as far as I can tell, uh, and granted, I'm, I'm not a scientist. I just play one on a podcast. Um, it, it, 
all seems to be made up. So we have police officers who are shooting at uh, farmers over made up crisis. We have drag queen story hour being brought to uh, local 4th of July parades with a, a gun as a prop. Uh, <laughs> it's... It's almost like the the world is uh, becoming more crazy as we as we move along here, and um, I don't know. I, I I wish I could tell you where all this is heading, but I do believe that in a way that there is a war taking place that <laughs> we are not uh, being informed about. Uh, there seems to be, and I know uh, certain people like Tim Pool love talking about civil war. Uh, other people like Michael, Michael Malice, uh, are really pushing the whole idea of, uh, a peaceful divorce. Has anybody ever really seen a, a peaceful divorce? And, uh, why is it that when a divorce happens, both sides are always claiming to be the victim when in reality, they should just both be striving to like no longer be attached to the other person. The, the, the courts always end up failing in making sure that, that, you know, when everything is said and done, that, that neither party is tied to the other. For example, <clears throat> I live in Michigan, and uh, couples will accrue debt. And the, the whole point, one of the, the main uh, reasons we have these divorce courts is so that the debt can be divided. Let's say one person takes the house, the other person takes the, the car and the car payment. And even when the divorce papers are finalized and it says the mister gets the car, the wife gets the house, if one of those parties defaults on that loan, even though the court says this person is solely responsible for that item and the payments, those companies can still go after the former spouse for said debt, which makes absolutely no sense to me. I thought that the court was supposed to have some power, but apparently our courts don't have any power. Uh, I, I'm guessing the the courts really are just a um, it's it's almost like if you had a, a rooster but he couldn't get it up like there's there's no purpose in having the rooster it, it crows every morning it it does some stuff it acts aggressive but at the end of the day it serves no purpose right so I feel like that's kind of how our, our courts have devolved into because uh, I, I know of people where two, three years later, all of a sudden they're getting calls from collection agencies where they say, hey, you owe us a bunch of money. And they're like, I don't even own that car. You have to talk to so-and-so. Oh, no, um, uh, we're, we're talking to you because we know that you have money. And then it's, uh, well, the court said, yeah, well, we don't have to go by what the court said. Well, why, why not? <laughs> and and uh, we've seen this with the Supreme Court, where the Supreme Court comes back with a judgment about, you know, certain uh, <clears throat> COVID uh, policies. I'm not even going to call them laws because they were executive orders and laws are cr 
created by Congress and signed and approved. Um, we had these executive orders that went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court came back and said this is unconstitutional. And what was the response? We're, we're going to go ahead and do them anyways. Because Hunter, Hunter needs his... Uh, his uh, uh, booty money from Ukraine. And, uh, sir, what does it have to do with COVID? I, Truman, I'm a shaman in Prussia. <laughs> that's, that's where we're at. Uh, the Supreme Court can come out and say we're going to do something. And we saw this with the uh, reversal of Roe versus Wade, where um, <clears throat> wasn't it the DOJ who made a statement about the, uh, the ruling? which has never happened before. Like the DOJ, the Department of Justice had to come out and say, yeah, we're not going to enforce this. Um, that's, that's not how this works, dude. You're not the, the private security, the private police of uh, a certain uh, administration. You, just like the Supreme Court, are supposed to follow the Constitution. That is who you you abide by is the constitution not an old man who likes ice cream and sniffing young children that's that's not how this works that's not how this country functions and uh unfortunately we're not seeing that we we have these people who take these oaths apparently they don't know what an oath is um th this is what happens when we go by wikipedia instead of the webster's dictionary um People can just log in. <clears throat> they can redefine stuff. Have you noticed that uh, the definition of racist lately has the term racist in the definition? That's kind of, that, that's really a, a big sign of what I'm talking about here. Um, we're losing our use of language and... Uh, in the meantime, everything else is falling apart. We can't communicate with each other. It seems like there's there's two camps. And the more divided they stay, the less likely they can communicate with each other in order to function. And at some point, these two tribes, it's almost like uh, that book, The Time Machine, where there's the people who live above ground and the people who live underground. <laughs> and somehow that's how humanity divided. And um, they don't get along anymore. Uh, I feel like that's, that's a really good analogy for what is currently happening. And um, at some point, I feel like um, this country is going to end up being divided between the cities and the country. And by country, I mean the rural areas. Uh, and they're going to try to function on their own. And unfortunately, uh, for the cities, the rural areas, they'll, they'll be fine. They will be just fine. Because I don't know of any cities that are self-sustaining at all. Cities don't grow their own food. They have to bring in items. Uh, they have to import materials in order to stay functioning. There's no mining in a city. There's no farming in a city. Um, yes, there's production. There's factories. But those materials have to come from somewhere. And for some reason, the people in the city do not like the people in the country. 
even though those are the people that they rely on. And I don't know when this started, but I I really... If I went back in time, like the... The initial statement I can see where all of this started, it goes back further than this, but when Hillary Clinton was running in 2016, and she was talking about the deplorables, you know, the people, the flyover states that she was not relying on for any votes, um, you know, that was a statement of divide. That was where things, I think, really... (laughs) when, When they ran Hillary Clinton as a serious presidential candidate for the last time, hopefully. Let's hope that was for the last time. Um, I think that was the moment where clearly for half the country, they were just like, oh, that's how they think of us. Well, screw them. Um, and I think that was the last nail in the coffin for Hillary, uh, not for other people that she knows close to her, around her, <coughs> Epstein. Um you know, uh, but I think that was the last nail in the coffin for her campaign. That was uh, what solidified that election. And um, anyways, uh, I think that divide just keeps on growing. I live in, in the country and I can tell you that when it comes to our current policies with Biden, um, when it comes to this issue with gas and diesel, uh, the rising cost of food. Here's the funny thing. So the policies that Biden is implementing, especially when it comes to inflation, the food shortage. Yes, we're having a food shortage and it's going to continue. And I'm telling you this fall, this winter is going to be a hell of a lot worse. You're going to have people that are going to have to decide. And a lot of this this is going to be in the city. Do I pay my heating and electric bill or do I go out and buy food? That's going to be the big issue. And uh, I've had situations similar to this in the past. Uh, That last semester I was in college, which uh, I'm living on minimum wage. I'm on my own. I'm not living in my parents' house. I'm not 25 yet. So, (laughs) yeah, even though I have... Zero support from my parents. Uh, I'm on my own. I'm working full-time jobs, trying to go to school full-time, paying for everything out of my own pocket. No federal financial aid for you because, you know, you're supposed to talk mommy and daddy into all this stuff. Would you like to take out a federal loan? No. No, thank you. Um, There was that month where I sat down and it was, do I pay tuition for the next semester Or do I pay my rent? Because one of these comes with a roof over my head and a little bit of money left over for food. The other one does not. So I've been in those situations and this, this is going to be a lot harder for people this coming fall. It's going to be a lot worse. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like what happened to Ukraine back in the thirties. Like, we talk about the Great Depression here. Um, what we didn't have here were posters being posted by the, the government reminding people it's not okay to eat your kids. That happened in Ukraine. 
during the 1930s. Granted, here it was, there was food, but nobody had money for food. So you had people stealing, you had people conniving. Uh, the people who still owned their land were growing their own food, canning it, salting it, smoking it, um, doing anything they could to get through to the next year. We don't have that. The people who are living in the cities are going to end up having a really, really difficult decision ahead of them. And uh, I have a feeling that a lot of them are still living in denial. It's like, oh, it'll be fine. Biden will give us a handout. He can't hand out something that does not exist. And it doesn't matter if he gives you another $300 check or $600 check. When you take it to your local supermarket and there's nothing on the shelves, that money is worthless. And that is where the dollar is heading. So when you have the government handing out money and printing more money, but you have absolutely nothing that you can buy with it, that is the biggest issue. And that is what's going to be coming towards us this fall and this winter. And uh, a lot of people are talking about it. There's a lot of different channels I can port, point you towards on, on YouTube and on Odyssey. Uh, this has been a long time coming. And uh, you just don't have the mainstream media talking about it occasionally once in a while there's a story that comes out where they're like is there going to be food shortages this fall let's find out and then there's some idiot that they post on there who's a so-called expert it's like no that could never this is america you know we've got this mom blah 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 blah, blah. it's like <clears throat> do you really think they're going to let you have it because <laughs> uh currently we have uh granholm who is the energy secretary and there is a lot that uh there's there's a lot involved with being the energy secretary of the united states and i'm guessing they didn't bother telling granholm what what that involves because somebody had asked her how much oil the united states uses daily and she was like well i don't have those numbers right now that's your job <laughs> that you're supposed to know stuff like this because your policies are uh these are the things that you're the, the policies that you create are based on how much energy do we use how do we disperse that how is that that used over the the entire economy how much goes into cars how much goes into tractors how much goes in the tractor trailers what about this what about that planes do we have enough fuel to fly planes? Uh, <laughs> she doesn't know this. She doesn't know any of this. So when they're asking these people who are, I hate to say running, the, the, the people who are currently uh, in charge of different things, different policies, when uh, they go to these people and they ask them simple questions like, well, how much oil does the United States use in one day? Uh, and they don't have the answer, that's a good indication they don't know how to do their job. And, you know, we saw criticism coming from the Trump administration or towards the Trump administration because we had an energy secretary who was going to be appointed 
And when he didn't realize that that had something to do with, you know, the nuclear uh, <clears throat> arsenal that was also in the energy department sector, uh, the 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 left was really quick to jump on him and go, he doesn't even know what job he's being appointed for. Uh, we currently have somebody and Grindholm, uh, I can say, uh, as somebody who, who lives in Michigan and was... Uh, <clears throat> under her rule while she was governor she does not know how she can't run a state i don't know how she's supposed to be running energy policy and the it, it's just uh mind-boggling it's um it's almost like she was hired not because she is qualified but because she's oh what's that thing that can't be defined what is it um I'm not a biologist, so I can't say what that is. Uh, a a um, oh, it's a word used for. I think it used to mean a, a female human. Anyways, uh, it's almost like she got hired for some other reason. And uh, quite frankly, at this point, I don't know what that other reason is because I'm I'm not a biologist. Uh, it, it's I'm sorry. I'm apparently I'm just an idiot who. Uh, is not dumb enough to be appointed to the Supreme Court. All right, so uh, to wrap this up, oh man, future episodes. Well, you know, I wasn't expecting the Georgia Guidestones to be uh, blown up just before episode two of uh, this this reboot of the class experiment. So, um, man, I I guess if. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to put this out there. It sounds like some hippy-dippy mumbo-jumbo. But, you know, if if the world, uh, if uh, society or, you know, the, the, the powers that be, uh, you know, if they could just keep the ball rolling on this type of thing, <laughs> I guess my podcast is pretty much written all by on, on its own. Uh, Oh, celebratory drink on that one. Uh, yeah, the Georgia Guidestones, man. So, uh, next episode, I'll probably be bringing you some more news. Uh, I would like to do some uh, special broadcasts, some some recordings on other topics. I'd really like to touch on the uh, the Great Reset. Looking back at the analytics for previous episodes... Um, stuff that I wrote and then was published in on the podcast. Uh, the Great Reset seemed to be one of those uh, topics that uh, a lot of people were researching. Um, more stuff has been coming out, especially when it comes to Klaus Schwab's book. Um, earlier, a uh, day or two ago, I forget what channel it was. Uh, somebody... Man, could have been Prepper Nation. It could have been Southern Prepper One. Somebody was talking about uh, a section of the book that was discussing uh, airports and airlines. And it's amazing. Uh, in the book, uh, COVID-19, The Great Reset. Um, actually, that's backwards. It's The Great Reset, COVID-19. Um they, they talk about how airlines, they basically want to make airlines uncomfortable to the point that they can no longer stay in business. And some for some reason, um, 
airports would be maintained and still operate for <clears throat> the important people uh, so that they can still get around. But uh, as for air travel for the common folk, um, not really allowed. Make it a big enough pain in the butt to where people just don't want to do it. And uh, has anybody noticed the amount of uh, cancellations that have been happening? Uh, I think it was over 4th of July weekend. One airline had 1,300 cancellations just out of nowhere. Uh, so this apparently is a new thing, something that's happening. Um, and it's all laid out in this book. Um, Klaus Schwab does have a new book out. I forget what it's... A, the previous one before the Great Reset was about the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Uh, that same thing that Andrew Yang used to talk about. And uh, I don't know if I should feel like an idiot or if Yang was just onto something uh, that, that other people were tapping into, but, you know... It, he ran on the whole platform the idea of like automation is going to replace human labor. We need to come up with a new economy, almost like he was looking towards uh, uh, some type of uh, economic um, re reboot. Uh, is that the term? So, anyways, I I was a supporter of Yang. Um, in all honesty, I think uh, him and um, oh the 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 chick from uh, Hawaii. Am I allowed to say that? Am I going to be canceled now because I called her a chick? Um, uh, the 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 I, I can't say that other word because I I don't know what that is. Um, you know the the representative uh, from Hawaii. Uh, <laughs> she. Those two really seemed like the only two candidates that just weren't full of crap on the campaign trail. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, she, um, can I say she? Uh, man, who thought that doing a podcast would be so hard? Could have used a proper pronoun. You don't use the proper pronoun. We're going to cancel you. We're going we're gonna to ruin your life. Ugh. So, um... I'm going to close up with another story about that. Uh, but anyways, to, back to Andrew Yang. Uh, he, yeah, he was pushing for this universal basic income. I was not a fan of that. The dude had like 150 plus items on his platform, uh, agendas, things that he thought that could help the country. And I got to be honest, like 90% of them I agreed and liked. And I was like, this is awesome. And then for some reason... I think it's because the media focused on it. He decided to focus on it. He was like, hey, this is bringing me the most attention. Universal basic income. So anyways. Uh, yeah. Klaus Schwab. The fourth industrial revolution. I don't see that happening. Uh, the, the economy. The amount of energy that it would take to build a robot army. Uh, it looks like the window of time that we have in order to get something like that rolling is gone. And uh, somebody pointed out to me the other day that, you know, back in the 70s, people were pushing for this alternative energy economy, the, the solar panels, the, the wind farms. 
back in the 70s. What did we have back in the 70s? Well, we still had a buttload of oil, a ton. Um, it got us through 50 years of economics, of war, um, producing food. Uh, that's a biggie. That's how we ended up getting up to 8 billion people on the planet, uh, all due to oil. And um, it was pointed out that, you know, if we really were going to, if we were going to do a Green New Deal, if we were going to switch our economy over, granted hindsight is 2020, um, that would have been the time to really start switching over. Uh, to build that new infrastructure, to start that new uh, system. And, you know, if we had done that, uh, we would still have more oil left over today, for one, to where we could keep our agriculture and the, the food growing system and everything running. Um, but instead, we took that one resource and we... We spent it on everything at the same time. Kind of like what the, the federal government's doing with the Federal Reserve. <laughs> we have this resource of, of money, which currently is just ones and zeros. It's, it's just digital at this point. It's not like they're going to the, the, the mint and printing off all these dollars where the, we're like, oh, we're going to sign in this new bill, this $1.2 trillion blah, blah, blah. You know, 90% of everything that's in it is just BS. Um, that money just comes out of thin air, and they're spending it on everything. And that money is based on oil, and we're running out of oil, which means that money is worth nothing. And we're spending the money just like we're spending oil. And uh, that is the main problem. That's the issue that we've, we've had for the last 50 years. Now, had we taken that oil and we actually diverted some of it towards trying to get a new power grid, a new system of, uh, of powering our society uh, up and running. But of course, at the time, it's like, hey, we have a ton of this stuff. Why worry about that now? And that's just normal human thinking. You know, uh, nobody looking back, you watch shows like Dallas, right? You remember that show from the 80s where it's about this rich oil tycoon family from Texas, back when Texas actually had like oil tycoons and you're watching their lives and, and how, you know, uh, yeah, who shot JR? So um, back then, if you were to go to somebody back then and say, you know, I really think Jimmy Carter tried this. <laughs> And we, and we elected Ronald Reagan. So uh, people were not on board with this new policy. They ripped the solar panels off the White House. Uh, Carter went on to, to build homes for the homeless. And uh, yeah, things just, just kept on rolling. So I, I have to say that window has come and gone. We no longer have the oil we need in order to produce the alternative energy sector that we should have been working on 50 years ago. Oh, man. So to close up, uh, this is uh, one of my 
my experiences with this whole uh, pronoun culture. Um, this is where a couple years ago I, I first came across this whole uh, this this new woke uh, agenda that was going on. I uh, was still living in the city, and um, as a writer, I decided. I'm going to try this NaNoWriMo thing. So I went online and I found a local group. It was the only local group that was uh, in that area and went down to the local Starbucks. And I'm not a fan of Starbucks. I just wanted to uh, see what this NaNoWriMo thing was all about. And uh, the person, trying to be sensitive here, to uh, although I'm going to hurt their feelings by the end of this, um, this, this person who is running it, um, looking back, I believe they were born <clears throat> female. Is that the correct term? Uh, and then they identified as a male sometimes and they had a girlfriend. I, I really hope they're not together anymore because that was not a healthy relationship for the girlfriend. Uh, the girlfriend was not uh, particularly, I think she, uh, how would we put it? Um, she was sensitive to the needs of her partner. Uh, she went along with all this, right? And um, anyways, the, the person running this, this group, uh, you did not know, <laughs> we met weekly, but as you go into the Starbucks and you sit at the table and everybody starts chatting and talking, um, eventually something would be said where she would turn around and go, oh no, I'm so-and-so today. And it's like, everyone's kind of looking around at each other like, does she have a name tag? I mean, he have a but How are we supposed to know? Like, uh, what is... Because they don't change their clothes, they don't change their appearance, they they still look like the same person that they looked the previous week. And there's one meeting where we sat down and the, the girlfriend comes in, who's always there, um, and she says something to uh, this person. And right away, like, uh, that person just snaps and says, oh no, I'm so-and-so today. And the girlfriend was like, oh... Oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Well, you should have. And um, <clears throat> it's a control mechanism. That's all it is. It's about controlling you. They're using language to control you. Jordan Peterson talks about this all the time. This was my experience. Uh, quite frankly, I was there to write. Therefore, I didn't do much talking. And I didn't get any of the, the direct blows from any of this. But... Um, yeah, that, that's what this person was doing. And it was an abusive situation for the girlfriend. Uh, she was, she, yeah, there I go again, <laughs> assuming what they are at this moment. Um, she was very hostile towards the other people in the NaNoWriMo group. Um, they definitely had an issue, they, both of them, her and the girlfriend, uh, had an issue with me being there, and there's, they're even talking in front of me about how, like, he's not going to be here next week. There's no way. And I was like, oh, really? So you're going to dictate as to, like, who can and can't be here because, you know, I have a dick. 
I know it was a secret. I'm sorry. I, I just blew it. Any of you who uh, was uh, running a poll out there and uh, just won the money in the pool of like, yes, I, I do. Um, I do have one. Uh, that's that's kind of how the whole um, <clears throat> biology uh, sex of of creatures works. Um, and I, hey, in case you didn't know, Ben Shapiro probably has one. Matt Walsh probably has one. Uh, Jordan Peterson, uh, you know, he's he's got his daughter, so I'm pretty sure he has one. And uh, at one point in time, it it functioned. I'm not going to say, you know, whether it does now, but, um, hey, I'm just saying, um, yes, men, men have these things. And, um, this person, I'm 99.9% .9 sure she didn't, but for some reason, you know, depending on the day, depending, sometimes there were time, there were days where she, we're sitting there. We're, we're doing these things, we're, we're typing, doing these writing exercises, and like halfway through, it was, it was only an hour, we'd, we'd meet for an hour, and like halfway through it, she'd say something about like, oh no, I'm so-and-so, she'd have a different name for like every gender that she identified as, and sometimes she was non-binary, um, which only says to me like, you have zero desire to ever have an orgasm. <laughs> that's that's what that means to me. Uh, that's that's what you're saying. That's not exactly what your girlfriend's probably wanting to hear. Like, oh, you're non-binary. That sucks for me. Um, yeah. So uh, this was definitely a mental illness thing. Um, and the people who go along with it. Oh my God. Um, I believe they view this also as a control mechanism. The, the HR people who <clears throat> send out that email saying like, hey, uh, on your um, on your letterhead for your email, you really need to put your preferred pronouns. And, uh, you know, when they're pushing that, um, the thing is, once you post what your pronouns are, that means you're abiding by the rule. So uh, my... my uh, <laughs> My advice to you, don't fill that out. Because if you don't fill it out, it means uh, I don't believe in this. I'm not going to follow it. And when you write the wrong he, her, him, z, zer, zar, google gobble um, on an email and they come at you and they're like, hey, you used my wrong pronoun. Well, for one, I didn't send the email to you, asshole. Um... He went to so-and-so, why are they sharing it? Because you use my wrong pronoun. Yeah, again, uh, I'm communicating with somebody else. You're not in the conversation. So, uh, yeah, this is really a breach of privacy within the corporation. And uh, I'm going to contact a lawyer. So, um, this is harassment. Uh, I don't agree with this bullshit. And uh, has nothing to do with work. So, um, have a nice day. And, uh, by the way, here's my lawyer. No longer talk to me so anyways that's that's where a lot of this needs to go uh bring in bring in the lawyers usually i'm of the attitude of like just get rid of the lawyers but at this point i think that the the opposite the opposing party really needs to see some of the financial hurt that they put on other people and um i really really hope that uh 
that this starts and it starts soon. I know that there's already cases out there and uh, I, I really, I really want them to start having these like public announcements of like so-and-so got this mouth for being fired for using the wrong pronoun. Uh, and it has happened in the past. I just think we need more of it. And I think we need lawyers with a pair of balls and um, more balls than, uh, than a lying tongue and uh, actually get some of this stuff done. So um, <clears throat> that's about it. That's it for me. Remember, you are the carbon that they want to reduce. Uh, there is a war going on. Uh, pick your battles, pick your sides, and uh, let's uh, let's meet 2030 with a big F you to the, the globalist and uh, the people who just uh, keep telling you they don't like you and they don't want you around. Thank you for listening to the Collapse Experiment podcast. For more content, check out thecollapseexperiment.com where you can find the latest news articles and crap going on in the world. If you'd like to help out this podcast, check out books by Matthew Gilman on Amazon or you should just buy gold and silver. Just just buy gold and silver it's it's a better investment and uh you might actually have something to trade later on when the world <laughs> falls apart <laughs>